Welcome to the Hypnosis NGH Podcast. This podcast series offers a fun and serious look at hypnosis and offers various ideas, discuss case studies, along with NGH educational opportunities. Joining the NGH Executive Director, Jeremy Bashan, please welcome leading NLP trainer, licensed psychologist, certified alcohol and drug counselor, and master hypnotist, Dr. William Horton. Hi, Will. Welcome to the NGH podcast series. Glad to be here. Uh, yeah, thank you for coming and joining me today. We're, uh, you know, we're using this podcast series to introduce uh, you know, presenters and, and speakers and and uh, people of the guild to to our membership. Um, we, you and I just got done the 2023 Solid Gold Weekend out in Las Vegas. And yeah. uh, how, how was that? It was fun. I've been, I think the first time I was out there was early 2000s, probably. So I've, I've been there a few times and uh, the guild always makes an effort to bring in um, professional, applicable information that people can use in their practice or business building, and usually a little bit of self-development, but, you know, it's, it's a professional setup there. What I like about it, why I encourage people for the, I like all conferences, as you well know, I've been going since forever, uh, but especially like Solid Gold is because each presenter gets a couple hours, so you can, it's not just a 45 minute, like introduce a topic. They have time to go deep dive into some information. So you get to know the, the speaker, the trainer and, and what's going on. Awesome. Well, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and your practice. Uh, how, how did you get started in the profession? Well, it's um, one of those weird stories, uh, like a lot of people in hypnosis in general is usually not something people started out to do. Other than maybe a Dan Candell or one or two people I can think of, most people, it was a uh, backdoor into the profession. Usually something happened that helped you. My first exposure to hypnosis was in high school. I read a book called Hypnosis for Change. I always mention that. It's still, it's still in print or was. And it's one of the books. It's a good little overview of hypnosis. And it gives a script, like a relaxation script, then it has a couple other scripts. And so I got the... The book and was really into it and i hypnotized a couple people scared scared me to death right and because it worked people were in trance i didn't know what to do i didn't really pursue it uh because probably much like yourself i was a high school athlete playing football running track wrestling doing all that so it was kind of on the back burner but i did make some hypnosis tapes and i will date myself when i say they weren't even cassette tapes they were little real the real tapes, and I'd listen to them, and and I think it worked. But it got put on the back burner. But I was always interested in it, like a lot of people. And now you fast forward after high school, I went in the military, and then an addiction took that that part of what I wanted to do away. And then I became an actor, which was that's a story unto itself. I never did high school plays or anything like that. Suddenly, I decided I want to be an actor, and I get into a really good acting school and was doing pretty well. And then the addiction took that away. So it, I ended up getting some help, you know, and first time in my life, I had to reach out for help and it worked. 
you know, but it didn't work as well as I'd hoped. You know, I, I, it was drinking was my problem. So I put it down, but it, it wasn't sticking the way I wanted. And then one day, happenstance, I had someone at something I went to, uh, did a, what I know now uh, of as a hypnosis and a little bit of an NLP technique. And then everything made sense. The, the, the therapy they were doing when I went through the Veterans Administration Rehab, you know, the 12-step program, which to this day I love, suddenly it all made sense. And so I fell in love with it. So I started looking around for where I could get trained. Well, back then that was pre, you know, 20 years pre-internet, you know, it was the early 80s. Uh, it wasn't easy to find this stuff. It was not easy, right? Uh, and I found some NLP training because NLP was starting to take off. Tony Robbins was just on the horizon. So I could find some NLP training. So I went to that because it talked about subconscious and, you know, hypnotic techniques. So I got into NLP. I was really into NLP. I loved it. I couldn't understand why we weren't using it with, uh, with clients when I worked in detox centers because I, I became a volunteer and then became a counselor and that's led me down that path. And uh, no one had an answer. So I kept studying it and, and this and that. But because I remember reading that book and being around it and seeing stage shows, there was a disconnect between what they were teaching hypnosis in the NLP world and what I thought hypnosis would be. Hip NLP works. So there was always this. And then through happenstance, as you like the story, uh, I was uh, somewhere and I saw a, a thing for the NGH and they were doing uh, a firewalk, right? And I'm like, I want to go do this firewalk. I, I kept missing the ones in Chicago with Tony Robbins. And I said, you know, and I met Tony. So I'm like, but I wanted to do it. So the guild was doing it. So I went out there and I said, well, if I'm, I still remember that it was a Thursday night. And so I said, well, since I'm going to the to do this firewalk, I'll just stay for the conference. I had no idea what it was. And that little event changed my life. I met a bunch of people. I met your father or grandfather. I met your, I met everybody, right? Elsa, all these people running around the guild. And I liked them, you know? And when I started talking, I remember us chatting up Elsa and Dr. D, Dr. Dwight, but I call him Dr. D. And, uh, and I, they asked me a little bit about myself friendly organization. I was surprised. And um, I said, I was in NLP and they, oh, we'd like someone to teach NLP. Cause back in those days, NLP was over here. Hypnosis was over here. They did not get along very well. Right. And so the next year I started teaching at the guild and, and this and that. And then I really got back into the hypnosis big time, you know, started studying it and, and brought the two together. So that's a little bit how I, uh, uh, how I got into this. And because I had, um, the ability to go back to school, a you know Veterans Administration. I ended up getting my advanced degrees and uh, got my doctorate in clinical psychology. So that's a little bit about this. But through it all, I loved the hypnosis, the NLP. My practice was just—it's a general practice with a little bit of a specialty in addiction and performing arts. Because as you well know, I'm still an actor. You know, I, I still do a lot of theater. I, I last ten years started doing movies again. So, you know, that's just my overview, but I find NLP and hypnosis probably the most effective way to help people change. Oh, that's excellent, Will. Now, with, with NLP, is it, can you, you know, just tell people, would it, what are the main uh, similarities and the main differences between NLP and hypnosis? 
Well, it's you can't do you can't do one without the other. And usually, I go up on my tirade that NLP is not a tool. I have people go, "It's a tool for your toolbox." Oh, contraire! Oh, contraire! It is not a tool. It is the toolbox. It's a different way of looking at the world, right? It's a it's a way of gathering information and looking at the world, and that's what's so fascinating about it, right? Because all NLP does is take some of the hypnotic techniques and move them into waking form. You could do a lot of the things without going into formal trance. Uh, and so, so it's a way of gathering information. It's a way of looking at the world. It's how your brain processes information. And I usually use the example as, and people can do this. If you think of somebody you really like, a buddy, a pal, a friend, somebody you like hanging out with, they'll take an image in a space in your mind. Maybe it's over here. Maybe it's over here. It's just somebody you like, you know, not a lover or spouse or something, but like, oh, my friend, my friend Bill's right here, right? And it's like, he's right there. Great. Now, think about somebody you don't like, and it's okay not to like them. They're a pain in your butt, right? You just don't like them. They'll take another spot and just think about them. It's like, you know, my friend Bill's here and uh, this other guy, George, is down here. I just don't like George. I'll be honest with you, right? But now that's how your brain works. But now if you try to take George and move him into the spot of where Bill is, your brain's going to say no, right? It's going to it's going to kick it back out. That's the process. I'm not I'm not getting into whys or psychotherapy or analysis. It's just that's how your brain works. And it's very simple. And it's those techniques, those simple techniques that you can build on and build out and do that. You know. So it's same with like food. Food you like is in one spot. Food you dislike is in another spot. Uh, it's why you can't force yourself to eat healthy. And you know people have this. They always try to eat food that they wouldn't like, right? And there's ways you can work around it. And in fact, I'll shut up with the thing that got me hooked on NLP was I was at a demo and the guy was doing a demo, one of the founders, and he goes, oh, you know, we could, you know, anybody here want to get rid of a food? And nobody wanted to get rid of a food. Uh, and, and then he asked, does anybody need to eat a food they don't eat? You know, fruits, vegetables, that. So I raised my hand. I go, I'd like to eat more fruit. And I still remember this because the big room and somebody there happened to be a social worker said, that's stupid. Fruit's good for you. I was a bodybuilder, an athlete. I, I was back in, I train hard, always have. I'm like, I know that. I just don't like eating it. <laughs> so he brought me up and he did kind of the same thing. He goes, what, what's, what, what's a food you really love? Well, that you could, you could eat. And I go, Cinnabons, right? And he had me describe a Cinnabon. It's still right here. It's like brown and gooey, you know, the, the ones, the real Cinnabon, not cinnamon roll, Cinnabon, right? And then he said, now think of a fruit. So we picked apples. Apples were down, down to the, to the left. Gooey, slimy, mushy, right? So he had me move them around, right? And a couple of days later, I was at someone's house and then, and I started eating an apple. And I went, this stuff works. <laughs> and as you've seen me at all these conferences, you always see me walking around, I got an apple, a plum, a pear, and it's lasted for 40 years, right? And that's what got me hooked, and I was off and running. That's cool. That's very cool. Well, uh, what's, a, what's a, you know, the most important trait that a, a, a hypnotist to have, would you say? Well, there's a lot, but I would probably say flexibility. You know, don't get stuck in a technique or a protocol or a routine. Um, and it's easy to do, you know. 
Uh, and, and to be honest, a lot of us trainers will will come up with something and, and act like this is the routine, the last thing you'll ever need. Da 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 da. You know, like the movies that say this is the last movie you'll ever want to watch or something like that. But you need to be flexible because what works with you, what's working with you, may not work with someone else. You know, it's the same thing. You're a coach. Um, when you're working with athletes, you got to be flexible. What works with Joey will. We'll send Joe off into the bathroom crying. Sure. Right? And vice versa. So how do you how do you motivate the right? It's the same skill set because you know it's have to be flexible to take your techniques and flip them to the person that you're talking to. Yeah, I, 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 I would say that, yeah, I like how you put that because that that's that's so true. You know, I, I've seen at the you know, even the solid gold weekend that we were recently at or at the NGH convention, you you see people who who may have been trained um, by one school of thought and by, you know, one trainer or one group um, and to see them learn other uh, uh, from different trainers and in, in a different way. And, you know, maybe, maybe you don't, maybe that's not your cup of tea, but you, you still learn from that trainer of, okay, well, there are different ways to go about to get the same solution. Yeah, it's that because flexibility leads to open mindedness. You try it, you know. One of my favorite sayings is from I heard it in the recovery world, it's been around forever, is contempt prior to investigation will leave one in eternal ignorance. You know, at least check it out, see if it works. If there's is there is there things you could take from it? And again, if you look to the world of sports or performing arts. The high performers are always taking classes, modifying what they do. You know, there's a reason why, you know, you're up in the Boston area. All those years Tom Brady played, you know, at the Patriots, everybody was surprised. After every season, he would go out west and work on basic techniques of throwing a football. And you're like, this guy's pretty good at throwing a football. And you talk about, well, you know, you got you to be coachable. You got to be flexible. You got to... You know, and, and and I think it's the same for us. And I can fall into that, you know. And so it's like flexibility, willingness. And then that's why I love conferences. I've always loved all kinds of conferences because like you say, it's not like, oh, there was a, a variety of different trainers with different things. And I love the convention I always have where you have a plethora of options to choose from. And I always try to, to take classes from new people because they may know something I don't know. My, my, I have to put my ego aside, right? And people I don't know or a technique I don't know of and something like that, just to see what it is. And there's all these beautiful uh, ways to grow. Now, you as being a, a trainer for many years now, uh, it must be cool for you to see your students and um, and see how they progress. And, and maybe, maybe they're doing their own spin on things that you take away from. Uh, have you noticed that throughout the years? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like they'll they they well, and I come from my one of my hobbies is martial arts. Always has been right. Uh, and a good martial arts teacher wants to make you his peer. You know, even though the student may still think of them as the sensei or the master, depending on the style, it's like he wants you to be a peer because that's you know, it's like now you're, you know, you got your black belt. All black belt means is you could go train without me, you know, go have fun. 
And, you know, so when I train people, it's like um, they, they, I like it when they become better than me, you know, and as they should, you know, if not, science would never move forward. You know, the techniques that people used to say was solid. I can use this one. I remember playing freshman football and one of the coaches said, don't lift weights. It'll make you muscle bound. That goes back up ways, right? Now, could you imagine a football coach telling an athlete, don't lift weights? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but that was the standard thought at the time. Well, sure. our science changed, what we know changed, you know, all this other stuff. And, you know, I need to, to be aware of that. And, and, you know, the students will take this to a level I can't imagine, which actually is kind of exciting to me. You know, I, I enjoy it. That's great. So we know you've presented at the NGH convention uh, many times. Uh, how many years have you been a presenter? I think my first year was either 90 or 91. I'd have to, I, I think it was 90. Because uh, I went and did the fire walk and then they, you know, and they said, well, come back, you know, put in the teach next year. And I got accepted and it was exciting. And, uh, and they kind of helped jumpstart my training career. Right. Because, again, in, in the hypnosis world, NLP was new. Right. right. Nobody had heard of it. Now it's kind of blended together and it's yeah, kind of morphed a little bit. But, you know, it, so I've been going and I, I've been every year since, except for, of course, the shutdown year of COVID. Right. Two. two. Uh, so, yeah, I've been and and I go to other conferences, but I my I always go to the NGH because it's not just because it's the biggest and the oldest uh, organization, but it's the most professional in, in the fact that people there, they do, they're there to build the hypnosis profession, you know, and it's a, it, it's a true guild where it helps people, keeps people apprised of all the legal situations going on. There's something going on in Minnesota. I think it got tabled, but there's something going on in Minnesota that might impact and I'm sitting here in Florida and I go, it might not impact me, but I'm like, I, I come from Indiana and I could tell the whole horror story of what happened in the state of Indiana with hypnosis in the late 90s. But God love the guy that messed it up because it got me to move to Florida 10 years early. Right? <laughs> it's like, I'm not fighting the bureaucracy because basically you couldn't practice in the state of hypnosis in Indiana. Right. You couldn't practice hypnosis. Right. Uh, and I had an out. I could do psychology. I could do alcohol and drug counseling. Um, but it got me to move. So, so it's good to have an organization that kind of, you know, they, because they have members everywhere and they kind of tell you to keep your ear to the, to the pavement. So you kind of hear what's going on. And that's how they found out about that thing in Minnesota. A couple of years ago, there was a thing in California. If I remember Florida had one, they got, you know, the guild helped push to the, as long as you, as long as you don't claim to be a medical doctor. And as long as you claim that you like can't cure anything, you're 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 safe to practice in the state of Florida, right? And in or you need a big organization to do that. So that's that's another reason I like to support the NGH and, and I go. And I've been it's going so long, I know everybody. Yeah, it's true, and it's really amazing to see you know throughout the years uh, the changes in the profession and and uh, you know how how things have really progressed to to mainstream and how uh, accepted. Um, you know, hypnosis is to, to the general public nowadays. Oh, yeah. It, when I first got started and I launched my first pretty big practice, um, changes that last, then it turned into a clinical hypnosis center. 
you know, um, it was odd to go to a conference and meet people that this is all they did for a living was hypnosis, not augmented with anything else. So, but now it's pretty common. You, there's six figure hypnotists all over the place, right? Sure. Little, you know, brick and mortar or now online, there's people doing all kinds of stuff. Uh, and so, and, and, and it's still a good entry level where you can practice part-time, you can do different things, you can, you know, decide where you want to land when you go, you know, when you, when you get into it. And so, and I can tell you this, it's much like coming from also the psychology world. They have the, some of the same issues, right? A new psychologist has to figure out how's he going to do this? What are we going to do? That's why most of them stay members of the American Psychological Association, because they give here, you, you could do this, you could do that. Do you want to go cash practice? Do you want to do insurance? Sure. Da, 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 da. You know, we don't worry about insurance. And uh, yeah, oh. yep. you know, it's, it's just I've seen in the past, uh, you know, when when you tell somebody you're a hypnotist, they cover their eyes and they say, you're going to make me cluck like a chicken. Nowadays, you say I'm a certified consulting hypnotist, and they say, "Oh, do you work with uh, weight loss? Or do you work with stop smoking?" So you know, it's uh, I think the stigma's been removed, and and uh, and people are like, "Wow, this this really is uh, could be a life changing thing uh, to do." Well, I can tell you because an unofficial research. I love that term because it doesn't mean anything. Unofficial research. Where I'll meet people and I'll say, like, you know, I'm I'm Will, I'm a psychologist. You get one response, right? Usually it's nice, it's pleasant. Oh, really? That's a... But then you go, I'm Will, I'm a hypnotist. Really? No shit, right? You really do that? I mean, there it's a fascinating subject, right? Because people don't know. And then they'll go with like, I had a cousin, a friend, or I saw a stage show, right? Sure. And I still stress that the guild started with stage hypnosis. All the old guys were stage hypnotists and magicians. Your, your grandfather, Maurice, I mean, Hughes, all those guys. I, I had Orman, God, I, I've had the pleasure of meeting all these people, right? And hanging out with them. And, you know, so it's kind of, uh, uh, you know, it's kind of morphed, but it's that, it's that magic that, because people, to me, it's like the martial arts a little bit, where people think they know, but they don't know, right? Yeah. Because they've yeah. seen a movie. So we see these movies that have hypnosis. Is it true you could do like whatever that movie was would put the person into, I don't know, they flipped out and became godlike, whatever. There's been a bunch of movies. And I'm always like, well, if it was that easy, I'd still be in Hollywood. You know, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be hanging out with, you know, Canoe Reeves and these guys. You know? <laughs> sure, sure. So, yeah, it's, I, it's, it's fun. So uh, tell us a little bit about uh, about your presentations at this year's convention. Well, I've been blessed um, to be the main NLP guy uh, at the at the NGH, uh, especially for the pre and post. Um, lately, we've just been doing one, uh, and I'm doing a post course this year, a two-day kind of a truncated short uh, NLP course, a basic NLP course. And the way I do that is um, it's two days of hands-on, and, and lately I've been also throwing in a lot of covert waking techniques, right? And then you get a free download of a course I recorded a couple of years ago. So you get you get the the full forty hour course as well as two days of in house. Oh kind wow! Of a, kind of a, a, a synthesized training, version, huh? a hybrid hybrid, yeah. which is kind of the going thing. Um, so that's fun. 
And NLP is one of those things I still stress. You, you, you got to do the class. You can't just read a book or watch a YouTube video. You know, you need a class that actually walks you through the steps, whether it's online or in person. It's kind of a, it's, it's the difference between the experience and thinking about it. Again, like we said about hypnosis, everybody thinks they know what hypnosis is till they do hypnosis. And they go, that's not what I thought it would be. All right. And so, so I get to do that. Now, during the conference, I'm teaching a couple of different things. One of my favorites and I've taught, I think, 25 straight years. On Sunday afternoon, I always do an addiction course, right? And I, I always say, the only reason I was teaching on Sunday afternoon, Elsa asked me one time, would I move it? I think it was supposed to be on Saturday uh, because he just asked me, could I move it? Because some, you know how it goes at a conference. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I said, sure, I'm here all week. I don't care. And it's turned out to be a blessing because there's people with, that are conference. They still want to do something. And, and it's always the last one. So it's a two hour class that if we go over, no harm, no foul, you know, sure. other than the guild guys yelling at us to get out of the room, uh, <laughs> you know, but I, it, it, so I, I get to teach that. Um, I'm teaching a couple, a couple other one hour courses. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, and there's always changes and things, you know, conferences. Are, I give you guys credit. I know how hard they are to put on, you know, cause things happen, you know, and, so, you, you, you have to be flexible when you're, when flexible. you're uh, hosting People, a conference. Uh, you know, there's a lot of moving parts to it. And, uh, oh, you know, yeah. you, you've seen over the years, uh, our, our staff tries to put on the best uh, best conference possible with what we have available. We don't sweat the the uh, the uh, changes as they're happening. We make it happen and uh, and we just roll with it. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the one year I almost missed the guild. Uh, my father passed away in July, mm. and I didn't know if I was going to make it, right? And uh, my mom, stepmom, but she's kind of like my second mom. Uh, and we're all military, you know. My whole family, my dad was Navy, my mom, that mom was Army, my daughter, everybody is in. And so I'm like, I don't know, I, I, I don't know if I want to go, you know. And I made you, I backed, I called you guys, I said, I don't know, and you're very nice about it. And so I got somebody that was going to step in and teach the class. And my mom, stepmom goes, you got a duty. Go do your duty. It'll make you feel better. It turned out to be the best thing I, I needed to get, to get out of myself and, and go and, and do and hang out with people in a different context. It, it can be very healing to, to be around. Uh, you know, I, it's, it's a lot of loving people there at, at the convention. And, and it, you know, Dr. Damon says every year at his keynote, it, it feels like uh, a family reunion. And it really does. Uh, you know, I, I've known you for many years now. And you were a kid. When you've I seen started. me grow throughout the years. Yeah, yeah. I think I started. You were wrestling uh, in high school, I think, the yeah, first time I, I met you. I believe I was uh, about 13 or 14 when I started night security <laughs> at the yeah. uh, PH. So, you know, uh, I've I've seen uh, and met a lot of really neat people, some uh, who are no longer with us. You know, when you mentioned Orman McGill and, you know, uh, people like uh, Charles Tebbets and and uh Gerald Kine and you know just some of these some of these people who I've met over the years who really have made an impact uh in the profession and the NGH um why why should you why should other hypnotists uh, attend the convention and and you know what uh what what does it mean to you what do you receive out of uh attending you know 
Well, besides you get to learn new skills, you get to learn, you know, meet different people, get a different take. That's that, that alone is priceless. Uh, but honestly, going to conferences is what really drove my career of some of the cool stuff I got to do travel internationally. And, and a lot of times it started at a, as a, at a con at a conference, just as a conversation. You know, how I went to the, how I went to India. I was at a conference. I started chatting somebody up. I didn't know. Well, they were, we were all just talking and they said, oh, you do this, that. And they said, Bandler was just in India. And a lot of people weren't real happy with what went on. Right. And uh, no judgment there. And I'm like, oh, well, everybody has a different style. He goes, well, would you consider going to India? Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I don't know. And he walked me through the process, how I had to, I never traveled other, I went to New Zealand, same thing there. It was a guild member got me to come to New Zealand, you know, so all that stuff. And it jump started, you know, as, as this, you meet people who can bring you in or you can network, um, you know, and that's the only place you could do it. And, and a lot of this, as much as I love online stuff, as you well know, I've been doing the online stuff since 2012 or 13. There's nothing like and I'm going to use an old phrase. There's nothing like pressing, pressing the flesh. Right? <laughs> You're in New Hampshire where all the presidential can't, you've met all these presidential candidates. Usually they're in your way when you're trying to eat lunch from what I've heard. Right. Sure. But it's like you get to meet people. Right. And you do that at conferences and across the board, I would say 90%, I won't say all, I'll never use a, that kind of word, but 90% of the people are more than happy to, answer a question. You know, somebody asked me at the at Solid Gold, haven't you traveled all over the world? So yes, I've been blessed beyond my wildest dreams. Well, how did you do it? So I said, well, I did this, I did this, I did this, you know. Uh, you know, and that's how people shared with me. You know, how did you, you know, how did you do this? Well, there's people at the Guild that if whatever you want to do, you can find somebody like, how did you do that? And they'll usually tell you. Yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of free exchange of ideas and and uh, you know a lot of it, I, the learning in the hallways is sometimes more than the learning in the room in the presentation rooms. You know, you just uh, the networking with other people and uh, you know the the free the the information that that our members and presenters are are just sharing with with uh, attendees. You know, when they're not even presenting and might even be sitting at, at the, uh, you know, the banquet and just chit chatting and, and you do you learn you learn different things and you have lifelong connections with people. And I really I really have seen that through through the many years. Yeah. And we're going through. Well, it happens all the time. There's we're going through another cultural shift, you know, where we're getting a new generation of people stepping up to do a lot of the work that needs to be done because the older generation is stepping aside or is no longer with us. And yet, I always stress, you know, I've been blessed to train with two founders of NLP, like people like you mentioned or in the hypnosis world, Orman McGill, Gilboyne, Jerry Kine, Tebbets. I could go down this list, right? And mo- most of those are no longer with us, but I got to train, well, Bandler and Grinder still are. But, and I encourage people, go see Richard Bender, go see John Grinder if you get the chance, because, you know, it's nice to have that connection, right? And, and the way to, to help the field grow is to show up and, and, and be a part of it. 
Awesome. Is there anything else that you wanted to, to add to uh, or let our let our audience know uh, anything uh, additional about uh, Will Horton or? No, just that, uh, you know, I'm always I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to change. You know, this this uh, this stuff didn't just save my life. It gave me a life worth living, you know, and everything. If you're flexible, that can be a negative can be turned into a positive. You know, when COVID first struck and everything shut down. Right. It was it was horrible. And you guys were in worst. I live in Florida. We were open in like two months. It wasn't that bad. But still. As bad as it was. It was a blessing in other ways. Right. Which the biggest was, you know, the, the I as said at the beginning, I still do acting. It was like community theater, regional stuff around here. I do a lot of theater and occasional little film that might be filmed in the area. Well, one thing that happened in COVID is the casting directors shut down because they were in New York, LA, or Atlanta, primarily, the big ones. And so everything went online. And so since I've been taking classes, I always tell everybody, take classes, you know, take your classes. I was taking acting classes and I, I knew how to get into these, like, you know, the sites where they post things. Suddenly, I didn't have to drive to Atlanta and fly to New York or, or LA to just audition. You know, yep. the old walk in, do your thing, say, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> we'll be in touch. I mean, that's really what it's like. I could now it's all online, you know, and a lot of the movies I've done, which uh, the big, the bigger movies I've done, which isn't in something I never thought I'd do is horror and slasher flicks. <laughs> right. But it's like, I just auditioned. I didn't know who. The, and so it was a negative that turned into a positive. Right. And so, you know, it's the same with, with this, you know, now that things are opening up, I'm encouraging people to go back to conferences, go back to live classes. Right. Because we, even if you love learning online, we want to keep the option open of the in-person um, venues where you can go and, and then ask the one-on-one -on -one question. Or like you say, in the hallway, hey, you, you, hey Jay, you, you were mentioning this, this, and this, you know, this suplex move. How did you do this, this, and this, you know? And if we were on a mat, you'd say, well, come here. And you, <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Well, well, I, I wanted to thank you very much for for uh, taking your time to to join us for the NGH podcast. Uh, we will definitely see you in August, and uh, and uh, unless I get that lead in the in an Avengers movie or something, then you might you might you know if if you become the next Iron Man, you know, just we'll we'll ask you if you can uh, beam a NGH logo onto the suit or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm hypno man. Yes. All right. Well, you have All a right. wonderful day. Thank you, you too. so much for joining us. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Hypnosis NGH podcast. You're welcome to share your ideas for future podcasts by emailing us. NGH podcast at NGH.net.